Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1401, air date February 23rd, 2024. All right, everyone. Uh, good afternoon. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. We're going to be doing an interview uh, with Ed Matricist on uh, what I would do in the first seven minutes, seven days, seven weeks, um, uh, the first seven months of my presidency. Uh, as president of the United States. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, before we start, and the title of today's conversation um, is going to be, as I um, outlined here, uh, the first seven weeks of a Dr. Shiva presidency. Obviously going to be a little more extensive than that. Let me just play our opener as we start. Why would the host do that? The first seven weeks of a doctor. All right, so that's what we're going to be start, uh, talking about. Let me bring in. Um, go ahead. Are you there, Ed? Ed, can you hear us? Hello. Hello, are you there? Hello. Hmm. I think his phone went out. Hello. Hello, hello. Huh, do we lose him? Hello, Ed? Ed, can you hear us? Ed, are you here? Hello? I think we lost him. Let's see. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Your phone was bad. Go ahead, Ed. I hear you clearly. Yeah. Ed, go ahead. Ed, are you going to ask your question? Hello, hello. Is he having phone problems? Okay. Let me bring him on here. Once. Hold on, everyone. We're having our interviewer had a question is having some phone problems. So I'm going to just bring him in on phone. Could actually open it up too. On your phone. Ed, you're live, but no one can hear you because I think your phone's having problems. So well, I ha I have you on the phone. I have, a, I have a cell phone that's generating the hotspot that the uh, computer is tapping into. Well, since you're not going to be on video, you can just ask your question right off the cell phone, and we'll just broadcast it right from there. Um, whatever you think is best. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to, yeah, because your voice is, go ahead. So what's your question? We have a lot of people waiting here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is my So what's your question? We have a lot of people waiting here. You have to turn off the 
disconnect the phone or the internet signal. Go ahead. You just can't have feedback watching it at the same time coming back through. You just don't know what's causing the. I don't know what's causing the feedback. Is it the phone or the hotspot of the? Okay. okay. This Ed, Ed, hold, hold, Ed, hold on. This is becoming sort of comical. Ed, you got to turn off. You cannot be watching it and. All right, we have a guy we're trying to do this interview with, but he looks like he's technically um, new to a lot of this. Ed, do not watch the YouTube or whatever you're watching and ask questions because it's going to feed back. Do you follow? I I hear you through the phone. I just don't know what to do about the computer. I'm, I'm seeing it on the screen. Turn off, what to do. turn off the computer or turn off the mic on the computer. It's feeding back. Go ahead. Please ask a question because we have people just waiting here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is the Matricist Warrior Chronicles where we search for the one. Today's guest is the world famous Dr. Shiva of BASHIVA.com and TruthFreedomHealth.com. There, let's imagine the following scenario comes to pass in 2024. So think of this as a simulation, a dress rehearsal, or a soon-to-be future we all make happen. The situation is you are now president of the United States. You have carte blanche to do as you alone decide during your first term. You only get one term and have an unlimited staff budget to do as, again, you alone decide with all law enforcement prosecutorial power required to make your goodwill happen. What would you do in the first seven minutes, seven hours, seven days, seven weeks, seven months to bring a wrecking ball to the status quo while remaking it so it perfectly reflects what we the people truly want as best you understand it? Is emotional, using curse words as you deem appropriate or respectable or none at all as we prefer. But do assume when this one term ends, you somehow know this is your last chance for whatever reason to do ultimate good so humanity finally fulfills its potential by helping to write Starship Earth. So please now make your ultimate definitive statement, Shiva's manifesto of manifestos, telling us all what you do, other than use it as a bully pulpit to do more interviews, hold educational forums. We know all that. We mean executive orders, etc., to shatter the swarm forever. Orders you can reveal now why those orders, citing showing best evidence you can gather with a limit of three hours and 30 minute segments. Make this powerful as the whole world will hear this and know if unable to fulfill this prophecy of what's to come, your movement of warrior scholars will. Whomever follows you, now your thoughts with zero interruptions of any kind, your turn, go. All right, so anyway, we have Ed here who has asked, I don't know how many of you heard it because he, he had some technical issues, but the question Ed's asking is, what would I essentially do? Um, I mean, he's put it in a dramatic way, seven minutes, seven hours, seven weeks, seven, uh, you know, seven days, seven months. But let me just put it in this time frame um, of that period, because what would happen? So first of all, there's many, many different areas that we have to look at um, from a policy perspective, what would happen very quickly. One of the first things that needs to happen, and I think he's put it into his perspective, if I'm dictator, which I frankly don't like, but um, I think it has to come from the power of the people. So one of the things that does not happen uh, or needs to happen immediately is you need to go solve immediate suffering that's going on to people. There are a number of people who are incarcerated right now in prisons, 
uh, in uh, all different types of facilities who should not actually even be there. You know, and everyone knows that um, who these people are, and we can identify those people um, who are essentially incarcerated by the swarm for either uh, falsely or trumped up charges. Um, all those people would be immediately pardoned by me. That's the first thing that we need to do. So, and think about the immense suffering if you've ever been falsely accused um, and what that means to people. So that's probably the most human thing that needs to happen within the first seven minutes. All those people who are in any type of prison who did not do anything wrong, who were falsely accused, they should be immediately pardoned. Now, I could also argue those people that got away from going to prison um, by paying off judges, by um, manipulating the system, uh, who were clearly, um, you know, wrong, should be incarcerated, but that would be very, very difficult to do um, because you'd have to, first of all, jail all the judges too. And so I'm gonna not take the position, I'm gonna take the position we still have a system that's by the people for the people, all right? But this is sort of the first thing that would happen in terms of getting those people out who are incarcerated who should not be incarcerated at all levels. The second thing is most of the oppression that takes place in the world, as I've shared over and over again, it comes from this hierarchy of the swarm. And within the swarm, if you remember the swarm video, um, it's not any one particular group that does it, it's a network of people who are doing this. And in order to shatter the swarm, there are certain points that, that needs to be hit very, very hard. One of them is academia. So if you think about what academia is, academia is a brain trust of the swarm. And the brain trust of the swarm, again, to those of you joining, um, we have Ed here who, who wanted to ask me a very direct question. What, what would I do in the first seven minutes, um, you know, seven uh, hours, seven days, you know, sort of seven, seven, seven thing. But um, so the first thing is I would uh, give pardons to those people who are falsely incarcerated. The second thing, it goes back to those of you who watched the swarm video on shatterthesworm.com, is one of the key elements that the swarm maintains control. So we talk about power, profit, and control. The control mechanism is maintained by academia. The profit mechanism is maintained by those guys on Wall Street. And the power mechanism is maintained by politicians, et cetera. But, so let's take one at a time, control, um, if you look at academia, the academics who are in the major institutions um, in the United States, um, let's say you look at Harvard, Yale, MIT, all these places, Stanford, et cetera, um, academics have something called tenure. So when they go through an educational process, um, let's, let's say they get their PhDs and so on, they get tenure. So a number of these people um, maintain tenure, um, and with that tenure, they essentially get a carte blanche to write up anything that they want, theories, ideas, narratives. So one, L, one wing of the swarm, the billionaires, give these people quite a bit of money um, to write up publications and narratives. So the academics, the Brahmins, the priesthood, writes up papers, quote-unquote scientific papers. Those scientific papers become the quote-unquote truth that the rest of the swarm uses to justify all their malevolence. So one of the key things I would do is among academia, we would eliminate tenure. Tenure is where an academic 
essentially is allowed to stay as a professor and get paid for the rest of their lives, even though they don't do any work. Most academic institutions receive federal funding. So we as a people, we the people have rights for those institutions, rights to have some say in those institutions. So all, any institution that is getting federal funding, um, tenure would end immediately. Tenure, which means that if you've already been there in a one of these federally funded institutions and you've been there seven years, you have to get the fuck out and you have to go get a job. That's the first thing. The second thing as a part of this is, we know, you know, just six weeks ago, news came out that a bunch of researchers at the Harvard affiliated Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, four, four or five researchers had just made up data, made up fake data to get more funding. Well, um, and nothing will happen to them. There's no crime to faking data and writing up fake papers. Well, one of the things that I would do immediately is anyone who has been proven to have fake papers, again, with federal funding and write fake papers, which um, manipulated science, which should all get a 22-year sentence in prison. So for example, six, uh, uh, 16 years ago, and this came out about three months ago, a professor at the University of Minnesota made up bogus data 16 years ago on Alzheimer's, literally Photoshopped Western blot images, and which misled the entire research industry for nearly um, 16 years. $3.7 billion in funding went into the whole Alzheimer's space because of his bogus research. Well, he still probably has his house in Martha's Vineyard and he's allowed to continue. Well, that guy should be thrown in prison. So you would eliminate tenure. Now people are not going into academia to get a job for life. They have, they're going into academia to actually do good research and then they have to leave. And then those people who do bad research are gonna be treated like criminals, they should be, and thrown um, in federal prison. So we're gonna let out all the people who are falsely accused, accused and we're gonna put the people who should be in prison. Again, staying with academia, one of the things that's happened is um, you have many, many students who go to college. And the way the swarm controls young people is they have them, their claws into them because by the time a student comes out of college, they have close to, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in student loans. And the reality is that kid went to college thinking, or his parents thought he was gonna get some vocation and some type of education. And the reality is he comes out with some wacky degree in something, you know, I don't know, the sexual life of iguanas or aardvarks or some shit like this. He doesn't know how to do math. And I've seen this with people we hired, they can't add numbers. They don't know what a differential equation is. They don't know the second law of thermodynamics. They can't, they have no skills in science, technology, um, you know, or math, as we say, the STEM fields. And this is essential to succeed in the modern world. So this is how we solve it. And I've said this before, and others like Vivek the Snake have stolen my idea and, and never even attributed it to me. But I was the first one to say what needs to happen is that if you if if you get a loan, so if you go and you get a loan and your parents are uh, putting their mortgaging their house so you could go to some school, guess what? The the um, the guarantor of that loan must be the university. All right. So the co-signer of that loan must be the university. So that means if you get a degree and you don't get a job, well, that means the the banks are going to go after the university, saying, "Hey." This kid doesn't have a job. He's not paying his, you know, monthly loans. 
which means the university is on the hook, not the student. So now this makes the university accountable to make sure the student is receiving proper guidance. If he wants to do some wacky humanity shit, great. But he's getting skills when he's coming out so he can actually contribute to society and have a meaningful job. This does not mean we don't like writers and artists and all those things. You know, I do a lot of artwork myself, but um, that has nothing to do with you actually having basic skills. So we put the university on the hooks uh, to do this. The other thing I would do immediately is that um, a major university like Harvard uh, in Cambridge, for example, must completely devolve itself and give all of its land and all of its institution back to the Native Americans. They talk about reparations. So Harvard overnight uh, will be forced um, to rightfully uh, give back all of its endowment, all of its land in Cambridge, back to the people of Cambridge and also to the Native Americans. Very simple. They talk a big game about they want to help the poor people, the blacks, the red man and all this. Well, let's start with Harvard because as an institution, Harvard University is one of the most corrupt institutions. It is a breeding ground of all these false narratives which are used to manipulate people. And all the ideas that we have in policies come out of Harvard. So those are the things that would happen from, from the, I mean, these are big th pieces, right? You're going to basically uh, destroy the entire swarm's apparatus of control, um, which is uh, the center of power of academia. The other piece that's going to happen in the first seven minutes, seven weeks, you know, all of these will be uh, framed or timed, but no less than seven months will be that people also need to understand that the way research funding occurs in academia is you have the head of a department, let's say the head of the cancer department at Harvard, there's the number one cancer journal over here, let's say the oncology journal. And then over here, there is the National Institute of Health. Um, what's interesting is the guy who's the head of the Department of Oncology at Harvard also sits on one of the review boards at the National Institute of Health and is also a journal editor at the, Nas at, at, at the number one oncology journal. Now, why is this important? When people file to get their research funded, let's say Jason here comes from a small school and he's got an innovative idea for research and he applies for funding, this triangle of nepotism makes sure that Jason will never be part, will never get any grants from the government. So anyone who is a head of a department of any university cannot sit on the board of NIH, any of the review committees, and cannot also be a journal editor. You have to have, this is a serious conflict of interest. And this is why no major breakthroughs have taken place in medicine, because you have this collusion taking place. So all of that will be made illegal. And anyone refusing to, 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 to agree to that will also go uh, to prison for 22 months. This will happen immediately. And so what we have to go clean up academia. And because the academics are part, a central part of the swarm, all right? Because that's where all of the ideas come from, um, which manipulate society. All right, let's go over to foreign policy. Um, one of the immediate things that'll happen within um, a Dr. Shiva presidency is that all funding to Israel and Zionism will be completely cut, all funding. Uh, in addition, um, I think the way that Ed framed this was I would also have full access to the military that any congressman um, or any individual or any, because I can control the executive branch, let's assume the separation of powers remain, anyone in the executive branch 
who has dual citizenship uh, will have to either um, can only have one citizenship. So that means if they don't want to be the, in the U.S. citizen, they have to then leave their position. If they have a U.S. citizenship and an Israeli citizenship, they're going to have to give up the Israeli citizenship or keep the Israeli citizenship. But no, um, no one in the executive branch um, under my administration can have any type of dual citizenship. And that would occur like immediately. That's one of those things you can do within the first seven minutes. You, you're out the door. You're walked out the door if you don't. Um, if you want to continue to have dual citizenship, okay? So the other piece, as I mentioned, is that all funding, every single uh, penny of funding to Zionist Israel will be immediately stopped. We will also immediately within those um, seven minutes, seven hours, will also arm, the United States will arm the Palestinian people. We will send funding. We're not talking about Hamas, which is, by the way, equal to Israel, we're talking about the people. We will create, we will support popular militias in Palestine and Gaza to protect themselves. And the U.S. military will defend those people. That's one thing that will happen immediately. We're not just going to talk ceasefire now nonsense, okay, which has gone nowhere. We will actually defend, the United States will put, put its money where its mouth is and its values, and will defend the people of Gaza and Palestine um, from the occupation there and by the attack of the Israeli colonizers, because that's what they are. They're colonizers. Um, the other thing that'll happen is we will also recognize um, in these seven months, seven weeks, seven minutes that um, America is occupied by Zionism. And what I mean by that is anyone in any federal, uh, in any capacity within the federal government um, who has participated in insider trading to move money or to fund those people that have put Israel's interests ahead of the United States interests will also be prosecuted by the attorney general. And, um, and these prosecutions will occur with swiftness of the law to make sure that these people pay for the crimes that they did. For example, you could look at the federal government, federal reserve. There's people in the federal reserve who also have participated in with the banking with the independent banking system and with the treasury department and these people have been colluding together to put the united states in massive amounts of debt the united states is close to 300 million it's not just 33 million sorry trillion in in debt but close to if you add the unpaid liabilities but also to, uh, close to 300 trillion uh, um, and then the u.s's asset base is around 200 trillion so the u.s is actually in debt about 100 trillion when you add it all up so all of those people are in, involved in doing this kind of insider trading will also be prosecuted and given multiple life sentences because these people are, are criminals and they have injured uh, numerous amounts of people, Americans and otherwise, okay? When it comes to immigration, we're gonna have a true, a very, very powerful immigration policy. The immigration policy of the United States is gonna reflect the values of America or Thessalonians says, he who works, uh, he who does not work shall not be fed. Okay, so that's what we're going to follow. America claims it's a Christian country. That's how it's going to work. So that's the base policy. Anyone in the United States who is here illegally or otherwise, okay, even if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to work. You have to work and contribute. There are a lot of U.S. citizens who are bullshitting the system. 
They are getting paychecks. They're manipulating the system. They do not work. Um, well, they're going to have less than a 30-day notice to say, you're going to have to get a job because there's lots of jobs, lots and lots of jobs. For every three engineer job openings, only 1.5 engineers can be fulfilled. For every electrician, plumber, we don't have enough of these people. We don't have enough people to do work. So I know for a fact there are tens of millions of U.S. citizens who are collecting disability checks, welfare checks, who are fully able to work, but they are using that money to smoke all the weed that they want and hang out. Well, those people were given a 30-day warning letter, essentially an exit letter, that if they don't get a job, and we will provide many, many jobs for them to choose from, that they will be exited out of the United States. We'll have a reverse immigration program, okay? And if there are any immigrants, I don't care if they come in illegally or otherwise, if they're working, obviously legal immigrants get preference if they're working. But if you have illegal immigrants, you know, the right wing claims that there's around 20 million of them. Great. If those among those 20 million, we're going to find all those people are actually working, contributing. They're going to be put on a path to citizenship, but they will have to pay taxes. That will generate around two trillion to the U.S. economy. The U.S. budget is five trillion. So right there, we've solved the significant budget deficit issue. And any obviously anyone, illegal immigrant or otherwise, who is not who, who has participated in crime will also be sent out. You see, so this is a fair immigration prop. Um, it's a truly egalitarian immigration policy, and this will be done with swiftness because. Congress and all administrations for the last 70 years have done nothing about quote unquote illegal immigration because both wings of the swarm have profited from illegal immigration. They profit by keeping wages low for both US citizens and quote unquote illegal immigrants. And they also profit by using that base to manipulate the election systems. So that's how we solve it. Exactly, real meritocracy. And by the way, Side note, any politician who's talked about meritocracy, but they themselves have lived an unmeritorious life, will also be prosecuted and put in prison because that's false advertising. So for example, Vivek the Snake will be prosecuted and put in prison for 22 years. Why? Because he talks about meritocracy, but what? how did he live his life? He scammed the entire uh, system of drug development. He, he went and bought a fake drug which he knew didn't work, a useless drug, a useless drug that failed four clinical trials. Then he had his mama, Goo Goo Gaga, right? Write up a fake a fake report um, called a completer analysis. And then he used that completer analysis to take a company public on Wall Street and then tank the stock by 99%. Well, so he talks about meritocracy, but yet he has done many, many unmeritorious things. So to me, False advertising by politicians will be will be treated as a federal crime. So we'll look at all these politicians who claimed one thing, but did the exact opposite. So that includes Trump too. Trump too uh, will be prosecuted in prison because he said he was gonna lock up Hillary. Did he lock her up? No, he brought in the swarm into the White House. So this will bring a lot more accountability uh, in politics. When it comes to all federal officials, listen very carefully, all of them, every single one of them, bureaucrats and elected officials, we will immediately impose a eight-year term limit what is, and we'll sink all terms on an eight-year cycle, okay? So what does that mean, okay? Yes, yeah, someone said, uh, Chelsea says Trump locked us up. What does that mean? 
Well, the reality is people talk about term limits, but that's not sufficient. We need to make sure the entire government is synced. So if you win the presidency, you're there for one term, eight years. If you win a Senate seat, you're there for eight years, one term, and you're done. Even a House of Representatives seat, it's right now set at two years. It's stupid because the day those guys come in, they're looking to get elected again. So all they're doing is collecting money and donations. So this is the way it's going to work. All things will be synced on an eight-year term. So if you were there already for two years, right, you get another six years, okay? But everything's synced on this eight-year term. And then after eight years, the entire government changes, all fresh blood. And no person who has ever participated in government can ever participate in government again. This is where the incest comes in. So even if a president comes in, underneath them is all this bureaucracy, which has been around forever. Presidents come and go, but these bureaucrats are running the United States government. And all these bureaucrats are tied to Zionists and otherwise swarm interests. So this is a way we solve it. So you constantly have fresh blood coming in. All right. Let me move on over to health. Okay. Everyone is aware that the entire health system, as people saw over the last uh, you know, four years, particularly during the quote unquote pandemic, the health system is motivated on profit, profit, profit. So as long as you can make a ton of money off disease, there's no interest to get rid of disease. As long as you make a ton of money on people being ill, there's no reason to get rid of illness. Simple solution. We will, first of all, identify those people who have profited from people's illness. We already know a whole bunch of those people. Fauci being one, anyone who was accomplices to Fauci, which would put Trump there, okay? And the CDC and all those people, and all these people, we already have enough evidence of all the malevolence that they did. Um, they would be prosecuted, put through the process, and again, 22 months in prison. So there's gonna be a lot of people in prison out of this, but this is not gonna be lock her up and the next day say, I'm gonna do something different. Uh, as many of you know, it was I in 20. 20 who ran the fire Fauci campaign. It was I who came up with the solutions, uh, how we end lockdowns. So when it comes to health, we have to get rid of all these people who've been participating in the disease care system. As a part of this, we will also incentivize good behavior, okay? We will incentivize and put policies in place that, that support any organization, any businesses, including tax cuts to those businesses that enable the, the boosting and supporting of people's immune systems, right? So it, we know for a fact now there are particular foods, particular compounds that support your immune system, vitamin D3, quercetin. You can go down the list of omega-3s and 6s. Ultimately comes from whole foods, which come um, as close to the original environment that they were, right? Like grass-fed meats. We know, for example, farm-raised salmon is actually inflammatory. It has the omega-3 to 6 ratios, which are different. Um, we know that um, wild salmon and these other varieties have much different profiles. So clearly the entire farming system that's been created in the United States is not about creating foods that support well-being and creating the resilience. They're actually the inverse. They're about um, the lobbyists, who created the entire genetically engineering, uh, genetically engineered foods industry, which essentially motivates more profit because they're licensing seeds. The uh, the farm animals do not have much nutrients, so that entire uh, framework will be blown up 
during my administration. We know for a fact what Monsanto did was absolutely, and what they do, the policies of that they get to create the seed that can survive the pesticide and they also own the pesticide. And so if you're a farmer, you have to buy their pesticides, their seeds, and you have to keep recurring revenue buying uh, the license to their seeds. This is not free market economies. This is abs absolutely against free market because one or two companies essentially control the entire supply chain. All right. So all of those people who participated in that will also go through um, um, a severe, uh, you know, review, indictments, and all of those companies will be shut down. And we will, however, um, support and put significant investment and support into small local farms because everyone knows food is medicine. And right now, as I've shared over and over again in this graph, as many of you have seen repeatedly, is that the, and you can see in that graph right there, Ed, is that that red line showing is the devastating effects of the 50 years of the SWARMS policies. That red line indicates that, and this is by Kaiser Permanente, that if you have a child today, your child's lifespan will be shorter than yours. So this is like the most dire thing in front of us. This has been caused by all of the policies of all of these people. So we must restore the health of individuals, um, the health of our children, um, and the health of families. And the fastest way to do that is to um, undercut all of these swarms interconnections. And that's all of these policies will ultimately do that. But we will put a significant emphasis on food is medicine. Um, the other thing, thing we will do is the National Institute of Health um, funds billions and billions of doctors. Most of their research is to allopathic medicine, which is Western medicine. Um, the NIH's budget is only about $120 million for indigenous medicine research, Native American medicines, Celtic medicine, Indian medicine. There's a whole database of hundreds, and when you put in aggregate, tens of thousands of years of old of experience, knowledge that points to the combination of herbs, combinations of other modalities, which can hear pe heal people profoundly for pennies on the dollar. So at, at a minimum, at a minimum, about 70% of the NIH funding will go to indigenous medicine research. We already have significant amount of anecdotal evidence that there are a significant number of solutions that come from existing systems of medicine. And those systems of medicine will be afforded the opportunity to do research to validate them. So that's the first thing we'll do. So we're going to have a much more robust marketplace, a true free market economy of those medical systems. By the way, prior to the 1930s, before Rockefeller got involved, many of these medical systems existed. And after Rockefeller came in, all those ancient systems of medicine were shut down. Okay. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, we're not going to overnight say, oh, these Chinese medicine, Indian medicines are good. We're going to give them the opportunity using the scientific method to prove themselves out. Everything's got to come from the scientific method and proof. When it comes to the entire, the other aspect of resilience, which is the most important motivator uh, of immune health and aging um, research, uh, supporting aging, we recognize that when young kids are growing up, that more and more and more, those kids are being put in artificial environments. And this is happening at the school level, daycares, 
you know, at every level, we're essentially, the policies that we have are actually destroying um, immune systems. So those policies will be reverted to supporting policies where, um, you know, we're not gonna stop gym class anymore, right? We're gonna immediately authorize that kids be allowed to play, you know, outside, right? Uh, that you also reinstate when I go to the, at the kids level, it's shown that when young people have the chance to work with their hands at a young age, when they have, uh, you know, like shop class, which I understand no longer exists anymore, right? Um, all of these vocational classes, which were taken out of the educational system will be restored, which means we have to get rid of the Department of Education, obviously. Okay, that's a useless organization. We will devolve power back to teachers. We will allow teachers we will give, we'll empower teachers to decide what's the right education for the right student at the right time, rather than a centralized model of education. Part of that education model, as I mentioned, will be to really, really support the development of the brain. It's related to health. We know that mathematics, we know that learning language skills, we know that learning writing, we know that learning engineering skills, right? And science are critical to the brain's development. And among all of this, one of the critical things that we will also support in education and the intersection of health is communities. Um, there will be, we'll support uh, people communing, getting together, all of those things will be central uh, to the development of health and education. So these are some of the fundamental things that will take place. We will also review back the lockdowns and any of these people, celebrities, um, politicians, um, uh, grifters, influencers who endorse lockdowns, they will be assessed a fine for the damages that they caused. Booby fucking Kennedy promoted lockdowns. He, he will be sued. People have the right to file class action suits against all of these people in aggregate. And whatever that number is, we realize, we know it was $16 trillion was lost to the American people in aggregate. And anyone in March, of 2020 up until you know end of 2020 which was a critical period who promoted lockdowns they will have to pay for that so if it was we know there were 600 billionaires who made 2.3 trillion dollars and promoted lockdowns they're gonna have to pay up in a massive class action lawsuit back to the american people so think about what i'm saying so during the quote-unquote pandemic at least 600 people billionaires profited by 2.3 trillion dollars we know the cost to the American public was 16 trillion. So these people will be made bankrupt and, and all of their wealth will be expropriated for the damages that they caused. And it's probably more than 600 billion. Trump promoted lockdowns, Kennedy promoted lockdowns, Jimmy Dore promoted lockdowns. All of them should be shut down because their voice, their influence moved this country to a policy framework that destroyed people's health. So it's time they can't say, well, at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, you have to pay up, okay? Because at the time you were part of the swarm and you have to pay up for what you do. This will bring some accountability to people who just follow the tide because it's the in thing to do. People need to be made accountable for what they say and what they do, okay? And right now we have this dichotomy, you can say whatever you want, profit from it, write books, and later on you can reverse what you say and act as though you were a saint. So all those people in 2020, you can, we, we can just use Twitter to find all those people. We'll do immediate investigation. This can happen between seven days and those people will be 
uh, fined for misleading information they did. This was fraud, what they did, okay? So those are um, in the big areas. Let me move over to innovation, okay? Everyone knows every um, on every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., we do a uh, event where we literally go through all of these policies and we have a little graph there. You can see it's our town hall, shivaforpresident.com slash town hall. But yesterday we covered healthcare, then we do the environment, then we do education, innovation, governance, and economy. Let's go to innovation. One of the important things that needs to be done is companies like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, you can take the big guys, um, they are all stealing intellectual property from the American people through their, um, through their frankly, their illegal and um, unfair practices of how patents are issued. The founders of the United States created a very robust patent system to really support young and um, innovators, right? So regardless of your how much money you had, they made the ability to take your innovation, patent it, and get 20 years protection for something you created and reap the rewards of that. That was the way the patent system was set up. Now what's happened is only the big guys can get patents. And big guys like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, all these companies, what they want to do is they want to make everything a trade secret and get rid of patents. And it sounds like, oh, I'm doing good to get rid of patents like Elon Musk. But what they really want to do is they have lawyers who can get patents, patents through because you have to lawyer up to get a patent through. Everyday people, it's significant amount of money. You need at least $100,000 to $250,000 to get a patent prosecuted. So the big guys are getting patents. And then at the same time, the big guys want to tell people that everything should become a trade secret, which means they get to own all intellectual property. So we have to recognize that a number of these companies have made, have profited by um, some very, very uh, evil ways to control innovation in the United States. Uh, and those people should be identified and they will have to give back the monies that they took illegally to, to, the, to the real inventors of those same inventions. And so this is very personal to me because, you know, as a guy who invented email, I never made a penny off it, never wanted to. I was a kid when I did it. But many people later, later came along, not only stole the invention, but claimed credit. So that comes to the next piece in innovation. Credit does matter. We have a lot of plagiarism that takes place. Plagiarism, stealing other people's credit should be a serious crime. As bad as you put criminals for, I don't know, stealing a car, stealing this, whatever, stealing a bank. So anyone who steals other people's credit, because credit is monetizable, all right? We will find those people and they will be prosecuted. So there's a lot of prosecutions that are gonna take place. The economy, let me wrap up with that, okay? We've talked about education, we've talked about healthcare, um, we've talked about innovation. On the economy, it must be a mandatory uh, part of the education process starts at kindergarten, uh, first grade, second grade, third grade. Every student should know what a balance sheet is, what a profit and loss statement is, what a cash flow statement is. It's really unfortunate that a finite set of people actually know how the economic system works. Most people have no idea of how the stock market functions or doesn't function, how what a hedge fund is, um, what an, the difference between an asset liability and equity. And these are the mainstays of what runs an economy. So we will ensure, at least at the primary school level, 
overnight that all students understand these fundamental basics of economic systems. So regardless of whether they want to understand the whole economy, when they um, leave their educational programs, they understand how these systems work, okay? When it comes to governance, one of the most important things that we need to focus on is elections, okay? And this is something I'm painfully aware of, is that the election fraud in the United States is very, very deep and it's very, very ingrained. And there's two levels, two types of election fraud. The election fraud, which I'll talk about that, needs to be addressed. And then also the fraud of those people who are talking about election fraud, like Mike Lindell and others, who've made money off of it and never want to solve it. So that's also false advertising, all right? So let me begin with the first part. The there's four levels of election fraud in the United States. One is who gets visibility when you run for office. So if any one of you decides to run for office, right? There's a finite set of people who own the media who are deciding whether you will even get in the local newspaper or whether you'll even get in the local TV, et cetera, or national TV. And so that is a form of a political action committee. Media organizations are political action committees, but they're not treated as such. So they can, the New York Times or CNN or Fox can decide, oh, we're gonna put this candidate on 30 times. Well, they're giving him advertising, but they, that the advertise, the, the, time, the, the media time that they give them is not seen as a campaign contribution. It must be. I'll do that as executive order. So number one, the cheating that occurs up front on who gets visibility must end because that's the first level of fraud. The second level of fraud is getting on the ballot. Right now, the Democrats, Republicans um, do not even need to get signatures to get on the ballot. They get a free pass. And then scumbags like Booby F. and Kennedy goes to Zionist hoodlums and collects money to get on the ballot. By the way, everyone should understand this. You have a limit of how much you can give a candidate. As an individual, you can give up to $2,700 to a candidate. As a couple, up to $5,400. But anyone can give unlimited amounts of funding to a candidate who needs to collect ballot signatures to get on the ballot. So Booby Kennedy's begging for 20 million. That goes right into his wallet in many ways. And then he uses that money to give to signature vendors, professional signature vendors to get him on the ballot. Well, that should be illegal because the whole spirit of this was, do you have support? Do you have volunteers who will get you on the ballot, right? That was the idea uh, of putting the, the ballot signature process in place that to define, are you a real candidate? Or are you a fake candidate? All of these guys are fake candidates except me, all right? So in order to resolve that, everyone must live by the sword, die by the sword. That's the philosophy. So everyone has to go get ballot signatures, all of them. And you cannot fund that in any way through campaign contributions at all. So you must have real support. You must stand out in the rain and snow and you must collect your ballot signatures. All right. This is where a lot of the second level of fraud occurs, which I see, which I've experienced. The third level of fraud is on debates, okay? So these debates are canceled if a good candidate like me comes, that happened in Massachusetts. And then they decide who is gonna get on the, on, on, on the debate stage. Getting on the debate stage itself, and, and I'll talk about this, if we're gonna have these kind of elections, should be uh, by a direct democracy. And then finally, the fourth level of election fraud that occurs from a governance standpoint is on the day of the election, 
There should be one day of the election, paper ballots, and it should be a holiday. I've been saying this for 10 years. Again, these politicians have started mouthing my solution. So again, election day should be a holiday. Everyone has to vote, has to go to vote, and it should be all paper ballots. But the reality is that given the technology we have today, everything should be direct democracy. Because in the United States, we have this thing called the Electoral College. All right. And I'm talking about direct democracy on all issues, it, even in your local towns, in your local cities, everything. We have technology. You want a pothole fixed? Screw these politicians. The question we really have to ask is, why do we need politicians? Why isn't it one person, one vote? You vote on everything. And if there are going to be, quote unquote, politicians, they should be reduced to basically being information providers so people can judge information. So that would be the ultimate goal. Uh, which I would try to impose within the first seven months, that we eliminate all this nonsense. You just go direct democracy and you just vote directly. So then the issue is, why do you need these representatives? Why do you need House of Representatives? Why do you need senators? Blow all that up, okay? We don't need any of that. In, in, in many, many organizations now, people vote directly. You have a condo unit, a condo association, everyone's voting directly. There's no representatives. If you want, you can proc you can get proxies for your vote. Fine, that's between you and somebody else. But there cannot be any financial tra transaction involved in those. So we've talked about governance. Elections are completely fucked in the United States. The level of money, the level of multiple layers of fraud that takes place. And what I've just said here will resolve all those. Foreign policy, um, the United States imperialists, the swarm, um, all the dictators that they have supported um, and all the wars that are there, the United States will uh, exit those wars. And the other part of this, to, to make it an incentive, is everyone in the United States after high school must do a two-year military service. Um, and now this will put on, on a level playing field. Furthermore, anyone who got fake deferments over the last 40 years must pay for what they did and must do some military service. So Trump got a deferment on some bone spur, right? This is a standard thing all the rich boys did. All of these rich kids, John Kerry, him, all of them should now have to go military, do military service of some kind. So I can keep going on, but those are the things that um, would happen in my administration um, immediately. Ed, anything else? Uh, simply, if you, if I may, for the record, you may recall in the movie Matrix, the Matrix, at the critical moment, the hero says to the government G-man, Agent Smith, my name is Neo. In that spirit, my name is Morpheus, his help. So please forget any other name you may have heard for yours truly, or you can call me the Matrixist or just Matrixist. Dropping the the. My second question is, are you aware you can and you still will be I would argue the already now, right now, online, virtual U.S. president in real world, practical, de facto terms, even without winning any elections, i.e., no matter who takes political office, so long as you are financially self-sustaining and keep teaching others to become self-sustaining as well, as we all withdraw consent from the swarm you can still do more good even without a political office than whatever swarm member is holding said office. 
as your movement grows. Are you aware of that? As was said in the original 1968 Planet of the Apes movie, look on the bright side. If this is the best they've got around here, in six months, we'll be running this planet. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's, yeah that's a good, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Look, one of the things to everyone listening, listen very carefully, we've said this from the beginning, you know, our movement is a global movement. In many ways, the leadership role that has uh, that has evolved in what I do and what our movement does has been an educational leadership role. So whatever they do, they're sort of fucked. Because if you think about this, um, if you go back and when you look at what happened when I ran for the Senate, they don't expect someone like me, an engineer, a sincere person who's actually worked hard to even run for any of these offices. And what occurred in 2018 and 2020 was it was because I ran, it was because I threw my hat in. In many ways, we became the quote unquote de facto senator of Massachusetts. We exposed all these election malevolence. It was us who exposed the backdoor portal into Twitter because of my ability to understand technology, systems, et cetera. So we have already educated out of that effort in 2020, close to half a billion people throughout the world. So we are destroying the swarm microsecond by microsecond. All of you listening today are recognizing, wow, that guy is one of us. That's the kind of person we want to lead us. And once you get to that stage, you're already being led by the teachings that I've put together, the understanding of system science, the understanding of the not so obvious establishment. And this is why um, I appreciate you sharing that, that regardless of what they do, we win every microsecond, okay? We, we legitimately go to get on the ballot and they send their cops who are uneducated on the fact that we're allowed to collect signatures and they purposely uneducate them. And then we fight that and we expose that in videos. And you're like, what the hell? These guys are legitimately trying to collect signatures. And you are starting to realize the level of rigging of these systems end to end to end. That's what you're realizing. And so they lose every time they make us invisible. Because people know, wait a minute, Dr. Shiva is the one who exposed this first. Dr. Shiva is the one, uh, and, and the movement for truth from health is the one that taught me that. And so it's in, a, it's in a wonderful position to be because while they think they're suppressing us, we're actually winning because a broad mass of humanity is realizing that it's the movement for truth, freedom, and health. It is the, the work that Dr. Shiva did in 2020, 2021, and 2022 in the movement for truth, freedom, and health, which is a, the movement that exposed to me Booby Kennedy. It was a movement that exposed to me Trump. It was a movement that exposed to me Fauci, and it gave me solutions. Hundreds of millions of people's lives were saved by the solutions we provided in 2020. And we continue to liberate people because people are not buying the bullshit anymore. They are seeing Vivek the snake, and they're seeing that the swarm as our movement grows is congealing together. And you saw this two weeks ago, the scumbag the ball liquor, that's what you should call him, the ball liquor, fucker Carlson, you know, suddenly does a interview with a intelligence operative who literally steals my entire work from my lawsuit and tells Tucker as though, oh my God, he's discovered that Tucker plays fucker. Sorry, sorry, Tucker, your name's fucker. Um, plays his theatrics. Oh my God, this is amazing. When he had all the information on this four years ago. So you have, when that interview took place, you see Vivek the Snake saying, oh my God, this guy's a national hero. Booby Kennedy, who came to our lawsuits saying, oh my God, this guy's a national hero. 
all of the grifters are congealing together because we have been exposing every single one of them. Joe Rogan, you know, all the uh, minor grifters, major grifters, all the media people. And this is wonderful because we see you guys now on Twitter and social media attacking them. We have more and more Dobermans and Bulldogs that we're unleashing. Anytime they say bullshit, they're getting annihilated. So you're absolutely right. Regardless of what they do, you know, you know, not sounding dictatorial, but it's coming from the masses of people. You know, our movement is essentially uh, positioned to lead the world. Period. I recall the point made in the Dune science fiction series. The important thing is not who owns the spice melange, the fuel that powers interstellar travel. It's who controls it. So I would argue you are right now something far more important than the senator from Massachusetts or the de facto president. It's not who owns the title of that office. It's who controls the heart of the people. And I would say you're, you're already there. My follow-up question is, did you have a chance yet to carefully read the list of 15 things, hyphen categories, we would do if we were POTUS, President of the United States, seen posted at our matrix, uh, assist, matrixist.substack.com article dated August 5th, entitled building renaissance renaissance movements if so are you in full agreement with us about what is to be done if not what parts did you disagree with yeah so look i uh read portions of it right but let me go to the spirit of it um so i don't want to go to each particular because i would have to write a treatise back on that to be fair to you and to fair to everyone else but the core of it is this we need a movement agreed Right. Yes. Number two, um, and hopefully, um, I think you've done some studying um, on what we do. That movement needs to be founded on rational thinking, on understanding natural laws, nature's laws, because what's happened, unfortunately, over the last hundred, two hundred, even thousands of years, is people have tried to fight the swarm, and the movements that they have created have been unaware of natural laws. And those natural laws were really not fully understood until probably about 40 years ago, 50 years ago, sorry, 80 years ago in the 1960s, okay? 1957 in particular with the knowledge of systems health. And I'm so, sorry, system science. And it was important that I bring this up because you cannot blame, I don't wanna unduly blame these other uh, people who sincerely may have attempted to uh, wanna change the world they were philosophers, they were, you know, writers, they were, uh, um, you know, lawyers, uh, economists, right, and so on. Um, but they didn't have access to this knowledge, which really didn't evolve until the 20s and 50s. This is why we so emphasize to all of you listening, become a truth, freedom, health warrior scholar, because you get educated on this fundamental science. So to your point, fundamentally, we need to build a bottoms up movement. And the other part of it is, as part of building that bottoms up movement, we need to recognize that movement cannot be built without individuals who are very conscious individuals who learn the science of systems and take participation in the world, Ed. So I think from what I saw, what you guys had written, 
there's a significant number of areas that you know we would probably agree on. Um, but I, I want to go to the core of it, uh, really, to ask you because you know we we didn't have a chance to have this discussion, right? Um, that scientific understanding is something that I believe is essential to our ultimate success. I would agree. Yeah. Being a thing that functions well has a systems behind it, just as you've laid out. And those things that do not function well, it's because they're violating systems, as with the bridge analogy. If you didn't follow system rules, the bridge will fall, the plane will fall. Yeah, and I think that's how simple it is. We have to understand that there are fundamental laws of nature that come out of the nine principles of system science. And the way you don't get bamboozled is you have to sit your butt down and you have to study this. But without studying this, you will keep getting bamboozled. If you notice um, in the last 24 hours, they've been pushing this other swarm creature, a really dangerous one, Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard is part of the swarms. I mean, she actually is the head, a lieutenant colonel in the psychological warfare unit of the U.S. National Guard. So this woman understands manipulation. If you see her talk, it's like you're talking to a, you know, a, 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 a dummy in some ways, who's a robot, who's controlled. But, and you can see she's also a Zionist hoodlum, big time, a warmonger, but she's positioned as though she's against a military industrial complex. So this is right, quite Orwellian what's taking place. And the only way to make it out of this Orwellian consciousness that's developing you have idiots supporting Trump. Trump. Trump's going to save America. In fact, today, um, I don't know if you saw the tweet I did. Some I woke up this morning, and um, it was it's very funny actually when you look at all of this. An idiot um, puts out someone called Sully. Only one man, one movement. You see, they're using the word movement. One chance to save America. Trump, twenty twenty four. So I took that tweet. And I responded to it and I said, you mean the man that bamboozled idiots like you to believe he was saving you when he was, in fact, enslaving you to the swarm? Gave Fauci the presidential commendation award 12 hours before he left office. Executed Operation Warp Speed. Printed $8 trillion in one term. Signed CISA into law, which created the government backdoor censorship infrastructure into social media. Five, a stooge for Zionism. Six, lockdowns that cost America $16 trillion. Seven, never locked up Hillary. Eight, brought the swamp into the White House. Pompeo, Bolton, Kushner, etc. Nine, made 600 billionaires, uh, made sure 600 billionaires increase their wealth by $2.3 trillion, trillion during the pandemic and more. So in spite of the amount of repression I get, you know, it's got about 53,000 views. It's probably got 530,000 or 5.3 million views. But the point is people, and if you go look, What's fascinating is people look at the response. You'll have Trumpers coming in there trying to defend Trump, and they get eaten alive by people who've woken up to the teachings I've shared with them and to our movement. So it's quite extraordinary. The only way these people are pu pulling off their nonsense against me and our movement for truth, freedom, and health is they're all congealing, like the swarm realizing, holy shit, we're done. So Vivek the snake is his head is so up Trump's intestines from the behind, right? Way up there, okay? Tulsi Gabbard and Trump and all of them are all sucking Zionist cock harder than ever before, right? So 
same with Booby, same with Fucker Carlson. So you see them coming together and you can see at one point, there's two points that they all agree on. Never give Dr. Shiva any visibility and make sure you suck Zionist cock as hard as you can at this point, you know, with dear life. And that's what all of these people are doing. There's not a lot of them. But to your point, you know, we are winning every microsecond. And the way you guys can get involved is, you know, go get one of these bumper stickers. Why do I say this? Um, well, when you get one of these bumper stickers, go to Shiva for president, Shiva numeral four, and you put it on the back of the car, you're basically saying a big fuck you to the swarm, a big fuck you. And you got to do this. It's, it's nothing. But when you put it on the back windshield, 100,000 people per day see this. The other thing is go get this little flyer. It's free. Print it out. Use, break your local um, library's printer. It's your printer. Let them go get 10 more. Print as many as you can and hand out this flyer. It's a one-page potent weapon. It teaches you what's going on to your children. It teaches you who the swarm is. And we have the solutions, as I've just shared today, on what I would do. And the only thing you'll see them do is they're all watching this video and they'll probably just repeat everything I've said. You see, you'll see a lot of plagiarism, but they have no intent on doing any of it. Do you have a preference, sir, Dr. Shiva or simply Shiva? Well, the reason I like Dr. Shiva is because, you know what, I earned my fucking degrees. And I'm simply doctor. No, Dr. Shiva's fine. Okay. Forgive me for tripping over my words a bit, but it's not every day that I'm speaking to the future president of the United States. And I'm confident, so long as nothing stops you, if it's not you, one of your disciple warrior scholars is going to be in that position. It's only a matter of time. So it's not every day I get to speak to someone who's already arrived in, in spirit, if not fact. That's the reason for my nervousness, the tripping over my words. Next question. Is one four-year term as POTUS enough for your movement to shatter the swarm forever, or would it require two four-year terms? Well, it's a good question. Look, the first thing is, um, let's look at it this way, okay? We have about a half a billion people who know about our movement globally, and we can show you all the receipts where I got those numbers. We have about a half a million people who've gone through different stages of training. We're literally like a Jedi warrior training camp, okay? You come in, you have a, you, we put you through uh, training of science. We put you, get you on the ground. We want you to experience and exercise your citizenship muscles. Now, the reason that we win running for president, I think you and I both concur on this, is our message is getting out. People at a deeper level understand the truth. And were I, you know, to win their election, you know, regardless of the point that we're saying, we're already running the operations here. I think we, that's the way we should view this. But what would I do differently? I told you what I would do in the first seven months, but fundamentally we have to recognize the Congress, the executive branch, all of these people are completely corrupt. So whether it was four years or eight years, let's assume it's eight years, um, which I think what it should be, I think, the presidency should be an eight-year term, and you're done. We waste a tremendous amount of cycles, four years, and then another four years. The time the guy gets in four years, he's running for office for the next four years. So I'm just saying whether it's me or anyone else, that should happen. But my winning the presidency, even with their corrupt system, 
everyone should understand that would be an explosion that took place, a revolutionary explosion. So it's sort of game, set, match at that standpoint, because over the next one day, two day, three day, the next, you know, um, three, 3,200 days, which is what an eight year term would be, or if you want to look at it, 1,600 days, right? It would essentially be a moment where heaven would be brought to earth in our movement because that revolutionary environment that took place would be the force of the people. And every microsecond in that position, I would do exactly what I'm doing right now with you, right? We would be in the White House and we would be educating people. First education would be who is a swarm? All 300 million Americans will watch that 15 minute swarm video. Maybe most of them have already seen it, okay? Step one, people need to understand that though I have, through our movement, has seized power, that that's just the beginning. That everyone in their bones needs to understand who is the enemy and become vigilant so it never, ever happens again. So, so we would use a bully pulpit of the presidency to do that. And then all of these policies would get implemented bottoms up. We would mobilize people because... The day a revolutionary event like that occurs, as you look at many movements, the next day, and I'm not even talking about weapons, I'm talking about us winning and, and winning that, that, that war of consciousness. The day that occurs, the, those who got ousted go into what's called the counter-revolution. And that's when the real fight begins. The counter-revolution is a real fight. And that's why we have to mobilize and educate more and more people much faster. So we'd have to educate all 300 million people on what is truth, freedom, health, all on the system's understanding. And we would do more videos, more education. It would be education. As my great grandfather said, it is ultimately education that changes the world. Education is far more powerful than the gun. Dr. Shiva, I know you're a top math guy. You may have calculated this. At what rate is your movement growing? Is it accelerating or has it started to plateau and begin to slow down? Perhaps winning, winnowing out the chaff as it selects the leaders. Yeah, so it's a very interesting question. So the best way to answer that question is um, from a little bit of analogy to a field called physical chemistry, okay? In physical chemistry, you have what's called a activation curve, all right? So, and it goes like this. You say, let me put, can you give me another piece of paper? Yeah. So you have to put a tremendous amount of work initially, right? To build infrastructure, bring people together. And by the way, this is true of any, if you ever build a startup company, you put a, a small set of people, put a tremendous amount of effort to, to basically, um, educate lots and lots of people, right? And, and this is called in physical chemistry, let me put energy here. And this is time, okay? Um, so if you can see this, this is time and this is energy. So you put a lot of effort and you have to put tremendous amount of energy to start the reaction going. And then at a certain point, you don't need to put in this much energy the energy required slows down and then the reaction takes off. So where we're at is right around here, okay? In this process, and what I mean by that is 
we have put an incredible amount of energy into phase one was half a billion people around the world know about truth, freedom, and health. They know that is a guy who told me to take vitamin D3 question and he saved my dad's life who was in the ICU. He said the right thing at the right time. And then a subset of those people said, yeah, let me get educated. But among those people, we are now becoming what's called a self-organizing system. Thanks, Ryan, right here. What that means is that um, in physical chemistry, things start nucleating, okay? And that nucleating process is quite powerful because you have individuals now among that soup of people whose consciousness is rising, they start becoming the bright lights, and there's many bright lights, and they are able to take this knowledge, self-organize. Someone over here learns it deeply. They become not only warrior scholars, but like Jedi Knights. And that's where we're at right now. And we don't need a million of those people. We don't even need, you know, 100,000. We need about 1,000 to 5,000 people. And once that happens, it's a critical mass explosion. And that's what's exciting to watch. Jeffrey Moore wrote a very interesting book um, called Crossing the Chasm. If you haven't read it, it explains this phenomenon. If you start a company, initially you get, um, you know, if you have a thousand people in the population, initially you get the people who are the early adopters. And then the early adopters, that goes on for a while. And then you get the next set of people who are called the laggards who just watched what the early adopters did. And then you enter the tornado. And that's where we're right at right now. And it's quite exciting to watch because what it means is from an educational perspective, we have to make sure people really understand the base concepts, the core concepts. And that's what I spend a lot of time on uh, from an educational perspective. So it's a very exciting point to be in, as, I, as um, this book said, as we head into the tornado. Dr. Shiva, I have about three interconnected questions. So wait till you hear me say your thoughts before you reply. If you don't yet have a large enough of a movement already built to POTUS, President of the United States in 2024 this year, will you keep running until you do, however long it takes? First question. Second, do you still plan to ask all who voted for you to take a photo selfie showing their face holding their ballot to put online to show who really won so even if you know whoever swarm guy wins you have these millions of images right on the web showing all of the the real ballots next question what is the current progress of your motion for declaratory relief from the u.s doj regarding ordering them to notify all state election agencies that you have the right to run as POTUS because there can be no second-class citizens, as you've clarified in past interviews. Next, are you on the ballot already in all 50 states? And um, if not, how many do you have to go? How many enrolled warrior scholars exist so far? Your thoughts? Yeah, so the first one is, um, what's the first one? I was trying to write these down. The size of the movement already. What's that? The, the size of the movement to take POTUS is, is it already enough people? Yeah, so let's talk about that, okay? Um, what we need to recognize is the following, okay? The 
the game, the, the rules that we have to play by are different than the rules they have to play by. So it's an, so they give us different rules. Okay. So in the United States to run for president, um, which is, let's say it's one of the immediate things is if you get a ballot and you go to vote, is your name on the ballot? Okay. Is your name on the ballot? Well, how do you get your name on the ballot? Well, in order to get your name on the ballot, you have to, if you're not one of the insiders, you have to go collect signatures to prove that you have support, okay, to get on the ballot. So we have enough people in our movement, real volunteers, hundreds of thousands to collect those signatures, number one. They don't. If they had to do what we had to do, we would be the only ones on the ballot. Does that make sense? So yeah. we actually have a groundswell of people who go out in the rain and the snow and the sleet in the, 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 the winters in Idaho or Alaska and collect signatures for us. If they had to do that, they don't have the, if they had to play fair, which means they have to have real volunteers, you can't pay people to collect signatures, they wouldn't even get on the fucking ballot. So the first thing is we have to go collect those signatures to get on the ballot. And we have people and we keep getting people to volunteer. Second, even though we have the groundswell and the support enough people, when we go to collect ballot signatures, they send out the cops and the police, harass our people, okay? That's the second thing we face. They don't have to face that because it is my opinion and from the numbers I've looked, I don't believe even booby fucking Kennedy's collecting signatures. I believe there's a boiler room somewhere where they have someone with the DMV records writing these signatures. I'm convinced about that because when we go to collect signatures, we don't see any of them collecting. Do you? None of them. So I have never seen any of them. I mean, we collected 25,000 signatures in Massachusetts in eight weeks. We never saw the opposition candidates. So I think they are absolutely cheating and because they don't have any ground support and we're the only ones with actual support. This is what scares the shit out of them, okay? And I was out, someone just, but I go out and I collect signatures in the cold. So my point is these, to answer your question, if they were playing a fair game, they couldn't even get on the fucking ballot because they play the unfair game and then they miseducate the police and they do not educate the police. Therefore, they they can uh, they make it difficult for us to get on the ballot. Now, having said that, every state has a different timeline on when you can go collect signatures. For example, we can't even collect signatures in um, certain states yet. Okay, like in Texas, you can't collect signatures yet, and then you get only a six week uh, window to go collect about two hundred thousand signatures. Got it? So people need to understand, a lot of people are not aware of the process. It's not like you are on the ballot. No, you have to follow this process to get on the ballot. That Those processes have different timelines. The earliest timeline right now is Utah, okay? Utah is the first state which has a deadline, I believe on March 20th, when we will know if we're on the ballot. That's the first state. Next, I believe, is Idaho. You follow? And many of the states getting on this, uh, the ballot the deadline is in August, roughly around July and August. So we won't know if we're on the ballot 
after our signatures are collected, but you can't collect signatures until a certain deadline, okay? You wanna go get one of those petition things? So um, in Massachusetts, just three days ago, they said you can start collecting signatures. So you have to have your volume of people, which we have, then you have to be able to unleash them to go collect signatures. And this is, for example, we just got this. This is a Massachusetts nomination paper. So you see, you put the name of the candidate here, right? Uh, the, I'm sorry, in the back, you have their, you, you, we collect signatures here and you have to put where they're registered at. So we have to collect, this one has around 24 signatures. Each of these pages has 24 signatures. So that means to collect 10,000 signatures, we have to fill out around 500 of these pieces of paper, but they will cheat and they'll throw away some of your signatures. So in order to really get 10,000 signatures verified, you have to collect like 20,000 signatures. You follow me? So they're not doing any of this. We're the only, it's like, I'm the only kid who goes to class, does the fucking homework. They have cheaters. They send in, I don't know, some guys from China, you know, they import in to take their homework assignments, right? Or the rich kids are paying somebody else to do it. You follow what I'm saying? These guys are fucking cheaters. So none of them should be on the ballot. So we won't know. So when we're on the ballot until they allow us to collect signatures and then we can go collect signatures. Does that make sense? So that's the point. Now, relative to our lawsuit, we filed our declaratory relief lawsuit. You can track it on court listener. We, the two defendants are Merrick Garland and Gary Thompson. You know, typically when you file a lawsuit, they read it and the first thing they do is a motion to dismiss, okay? And they just, um, we just got the motion to dismiss by both parties and I'll be responding to that shortly. So that's where we're at. But, um, they, and you can ever, it's public information you can read it and they're saying, oh, it's really funny. They're saying this guy's not even running for office. That's the lies that they're telling the judge. We're running for office. We're in every state. We have leaders. We're on the ground. So it's going to be a very, very uh, wonderful lawsuit because um, we're we're bringing to the fore what it means to be a citizen. So that's the issue on the declaratory relief lawsuit. And the website is called Court Listener, as in listening? Yes. If you go to Court Listener and you type in Aya Dure versus Garland, you'll see what I filed, what they filed, and their motions to dismiss. You can read it. Mm -hmm. So it looks like things will come to a head in August as far as all these deadlines. Yes, we'll yes. And just to give you guys an idea, whether it's getting 1,000 signatures or it's getting 130,000, we're actually collecting the signatures. So every state we get on, I mean, even getting on one state on the ballot, it's like you're taking a trident and shoving it up the swarm's ass, okay? Um, every state we get on, so all of you who want to fight and who want to give it to these guys, well, one way is go get a bumper sticker, but get your ass off the chair, walk around a little bit, go to Shiva for president, sign up to be a volunteer and help us collect signatures. Collecting signatures is truly a martial art, zen-like experience you really become a man or a woman and you really become a true citizen because you have to participate in this process. You will face the rejections. You will have to contend with people, but it's an enormously satisfying time because once you get your signatures, you're feeling good and you get more people and more people, but you're out there uh, vulnerable out there collecting signatures. So 
you this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, you have to have a Zen-like approach. You have to stand there so many hours and collect so many signatures, right? So I encourage everyone to do it wherever you are. You should also get involved in everyone listening. Go to Shiva for President, numero4.com and help us collect signatures. Get a bumper sticker. Notice I have not asked for money one time in this conversation. If Booby fucking Kennedy was there, Trump was here, everything would be give me money, 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 and give me fucking money. And these are billionaire trust fund kids. If you do want to give me money to support this, what we give in return is more training, more books, because the purpose of our movement is to liberate you and get you off the plantation. That That's what the goal here is. And that's what we're doing step by step by step. And this is why their only their only recourse is they don't even want to have controversies with me because they know I'll, I'll rip their lungs out. Okay? So they make us invisible. There's documents with the signatures. To yes. defeat them disposing, throwing out some of them, are you able, without violating privacy laws, to put online all these documents showing the signatures? You know, that's, that is a wonderful question. Despite what they say. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful question. I don't know if it's illegal because there's a law called 52 USC 20701, which is a federal law which was passed 50 years ago, which says that all records in connection with the federal election must be preserved for 22 months. All right. Now, these guys, as you notice, in 2020, they deleted the ballot images and nothing happened to them. So as far as I'm concerned, this is a public document and it's subject to FOIA. So I don't think if we put it up online, it would be illegal, you know, because it's it's a public document. And after all, it does not reveal details such as address, phone number. It Well, no, it doesn't really. It, it does reveal the person's signature and um, their address. Right. But my point is, if you issued a FOIA request, you would get this anyway. And so the person signing. It's uh, implied that they understand they're appending their signature to a public document. Yeah. Public disclosure. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything with the government is subject to public disclosure. Right. And anything that's in a lawsuit is part of public disclosure because mm -hmm. it's public. Mm -hmm. So. Next question, and I'm going to keep going until you say you've got to stop. Okay. Hundreds of questions for follow-up interviews if you grant permit them. Yeah, we can do a follow-up interview. What I'd like to do is uh, go another seven minutes if that's okay with you. Like I said, I'll keep going until either okay. your ears hurt or you've got to go. During your, what I'll call EFR, as in W-E efforts, your EFR Carlson discussion with Ian Carpenter posted online a day or so ago, I know because I look for your videos every day. He said on one or more occasions, Ron Paul found bullets in his airport luggage, obvious intimidation. You replied you wouldn't at that time get into all the SHIT you had to put up with, impliedly interpreted as sworn intimidation yeah without without putting yourself in jeopardy are you free would you discuss the sort of things you had to put up with as being a target so-called targeted yeah i mean subject to swarm stalking other than your phone being at plus yeah i mean you have i mean there's the level of um <laughs> intimidation invisibility 
you know, Ron Paul, they gave him a lot of visibility. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. This needs to be understood. You have until you got too close to the truth. Then you disappeared from their visibility. Exactly. Ron Paul wasn't really that dangerous to them. He just talked a bunch of stuff and was, quote unquote, libertarian. Okay. But they have completely blacked me out. Okay. It's a brownout. Brown guy. Okay. Brownout. All right. <laughs> right. And the reason they did this was there was a window in 2020, 2021 where we got so much news out before they put in all their sensors. So they sort of fucked up. You know, they didn't have their Indian guys in Gurgaon, which is all the call centers are watching everything. They're probably smoking or whatever was happening to them. But we got the news out everywhere. So the problem they have in this current situation is the invisibility that they do is not as invisible as they think. The other piece is the intimidation that they do is choking by choking the ability for other people to hear us any further. You see what I'm saying? That's what they're actually doing. So we go to collect signatures. Our volunteers get arrested. Our volunteers get, you know, uh, you know, strip searched, right? Cavity searched. It's to demean our people, right? And it is literally to steal word for word what I say. Booby Kennedy does that. Vivek the Snake does that. It's basically saying, we're going to steal everything you say. And it's a way for them to say, fuck you to me. That we have so much power that we will literally steal your words and we will own your words and we will um, uh, sucker all these people in. You see what I'm saying? That is what's going on. But the problem is, the good thing with digital media and the fact that we host our own servers, people can go see all this stuff. Wait a minute. This Dr. Shiva said this word for word for word on X date. And here is Kennedy literally stealing it word for word for word for word. So they're in a unfortunate situation. And that's why getting back to your earlier, very profound question, where are we at? Well, where we're at is an explosive growth. Because there's enough people starting to understand this and every act of invisibility that they do actually in a very ironic way is awakening more people. And every time I attack these people with greater viciousness, it is really literally bringing us even better people. I'll give you an example. On Saturday, you know, I you can find it. I did a Twitter space um, which had humor and excellent vitriol. It said, fucker Carlson. And by the way, it's hashtag F fucker Carlson. Um, at, and I said, at Tucker Carlson um, is a Zionist ball licker. And, and I said, colon, a need for a national conversation. All right. It's, it's so demeaning to this fucking idiot. What ended up happening was we ended up getting the best people showing up. Because obviously all the people who want to suck his balls all day, they don't show up. And anyone on the fence doesn't even want to bother with us. So we get great people. You follow what I'm saying? So what's happened broadly is the, the real awakening of our movement is we're getting like the creme de la creme of people who are very conscious of all different backgrounds. And you can go listen to that conversation. It's just phenomenal. People calling from Europe, people calling from the South, people calling from the North, 
all different accents, all different backgrounds, all saying fucker Carlson. Very sophisticated people. So I consider these major, major victories. Um, yesterday, we had a town hall and a dentist was on the call. And he said, you know, I play Dr. Shiva's videos in my waiting room. I don't care what the fuck people think. And he goes, I agree with Dr. Shiva. We should treat teach our kids. Fucker Carlson, three important phases. Everyone write this down. You should teach your kids how to say fucker Carlson. Teach them how to say Zionist cocksucker. And what's the other one? Yeah, and booby effing Kennedy. Because the more you teach your kids this, you're really rewiring their neural network so they don't ever get fucked ever by these fuckers. And so it's it's really a charity that you're doing. But you must teach your kids, fucker Carlson, go home and teach your kids this, okay? Teach your kids booby fucking Kennedy and Zionist cocksucker. And let them watch the swarm video. Let them watch one booby fucking Kennedy video. This is a real education that needs to take place. And that's what you need to do. Oh, I don't like his words. Shut My answer, shut the fuck up. Because I know you curse. So don't give this bullshit puritanical view. We are using these words against these people who do not deserve our respectability. And they have earned or they have falsely earned, brainwashed you into giving them respect when they're all fuckers. Well, disclosure, privately amongst friends, yes, I'll curse at times, but publicly it makes me uncomfortable because I adore my mom and it would upset her. In any case- Yeah, my mom hated me. My mom, yeah. In line, A is for Adam, B what? is for bomb in light of children being raised during the atomic age. So maybe that should be modified. That C is for, F is for- Right. Learning the alphabets. Yeah, we should say F, Z- and what did I say? B. B is for booby fucking Kennedy. F is for fucker Carlson. Z is for Zionist cocksucker. Yeah, we should teach that. B, F, Z. The new alphabet. The new ABCs along with the uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, yeah. We teach them that. Then we go to teach them system science, some linear algebra, and then we teach them, you know, some reading. But you start there. Well, my internal clock tells me the seven minutes is up. Interestingly, you chose seven because that was my original line, seven, seven being the perfect number. So I will email you uh, the rest of my hundreds of questions and perhaps we can do some hard hitting interviews in the future. Yeah, you thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so that's Matrix Morpheus. He's asked some wonderful questions. He gets it. And to everyone listening, um, get involved. You know, it's one thing just sitting there, you know, whatever, watching this stuff it's another thing go you know help us get signatures this is very mundane um but it's really cool work because you get to meet people you meet people coming out our grocery store you have to wave you have to learn how to talk to them you have to engage them and they give you a signature you meet the next person and the next person and the next person this is where you're exercising your citizenship that's why these some of these good policies were created, but the swarm creatures are such fucking cheaters. They don't even do this. They go hire professional vendors. So they're fucking cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. Don't let your children hang around with any of them. Thank you, Morpheus. I'm gonna finish off playing a video, but thank you. Okay, thank you, sir. Okay, be well. So anyway, that was a matrixist Morpheus, a uh, very nice gentleman who did this interview. But as I end, uh, our conversation today, I want to, first of all, um, uh, let everyone know that everything we do is interconnected, right? What I do in the world of science, as many of you know, we've opened up the Cytosolve Open Science Institute. I'll talk more about, we'll have an open house. 
we have with Cytosol, we have our own platform to do fundamental research in science faster, cheaper, and better than them, as we've proved, proven with the many major papers we've written. We have the Systems Health Institute, where we're training now many, many educators to relearn um, or to learn how you approach um, uh, medicine from a system standpoint. And I'm going to put up some uh, links here so you guys can learn um, right up on here. So we have a major workshop coming up to those of you who are really want to be a professional systems health educator. This is one of our more advanced workshops. I just put it up. But in this workshop, which is coming up in March, this is the arm of our health part of our movement at a different level. Out of our institute, we've created an entire workshop and certification programs. It's a lot of stuff that you can do that I encourage you to come. You, you can understand what is systems health. I just put the link up there for all of you guys to see. Um, and this came out of the work I did at MIT during my Fulbright era. But if you go to the workshop schedule, it's packed. I just did one. It was nonstop, you know, 72 hours where people came in from all over the world. They learned the foundations of systems. I, then I taught them the oldest system of Indian medicine. Then you learned MIT like modern systems biology. Then we taught people traditional Chinese medicine. Then we taught people the Rosetta Stone of Eastern and Western medicine. Um, and then we taught people circadian physiology. You're learning what I used to teach MIT PhDs, but I make it accessible. And then the second day we did a laboratory. You understand how your body is a system. I've created a very powerful tool that our systems health educators will help you with. But my goal is to enable you guys to understand how your body is a system. And then we teach people that the whole goal is personalization. It's not this diet, that diet, it's about the right diet for the right person at the right time. And then we teach people how to meditate. We teach people one of the oldest systems of yoga. And then some people wanna actually um, say, hey, Dr. Shiva, I really love everything you do. I wanna start my own business with what you're doing. And we teach people to do that. We've created an environment now with Systems Health. Anyone here can become a Systems Health educator. You don't have to be a doctor, an MD, a nurse from any background. Jason, what's your background in? Um, you were you work at Whole Foods, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you did so, physical labor, right? Yeah. So Jason went through this deeply scientific program. So that's one of the important solutions we have. The other important, that's on the health side. The other important solution we have that we'll talk to you more about and keep an eye out is 2024, it, we're not waiting for the swarm. We wanna deliver you guys solutions. We have the Cytosolve Open Science Institute. And I'll put this link up. The Cytosolve Open Science Institute, as many of you know, separate from running for office, separate from being a health systems educator, um, separate from being a candidate for president, I also am a full-time scientist. I do fundamental research and I publish. So I just wanted to uh, give you guys this. So this link goes to our website, which I'll show you here. I just put it up in the chat that you can see that we have launched, we did a beta launch to Cytosolve Open Science Institute. We want citizen science. Every one of you can directly fund the work that we're doing. And we're doing all this stuff for nothing. Osteoarthritis, we mapped out all the molecular pathways, leukemia, oral immunity, depression, brain health, and we can keep doing research. This Open Science Institute allows all of you to be participating. Your tax dollars now are going to the swarm. You can directly support what we're doing. And we will do the work of 
what they do for $100 million, we'll do it for one one thousandth of that. And we've shown that, okay? And then the third wing of our movement is for all of you to become educated to fight the swarm. And that is where you need to go to Truth Freedom Health, do that today, become a warrior scholar. You make a very small contribution and it helps you to do that. But once you finish the warrior scholar program, you can give away the course, the teachings to as many children as you want between the age of 13 through 18. All right. Give it away as many people as you want. So that's what you want to go to truthfreedomhealth.com. And if you go to that website, which I encourage all of you to go to, um, and I'll play a video from this, this is where the journey begins. You go, the goal is to get you off the plantation. It should be, you know, get educated off the plantation. Okay. And this itself is a system. Come to our open house that we do every Thursdays and every uh, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. You can see the swarm video. A lot of people like our gear, get it, but we have a half a million people. And go watch these stories of transformation from everyday people like us. And then we have a history of winning. But the fundamental problem we're solving is, yes, there's lots of information. Lots of people out there claiming they're going to do shit for you. But the reality is, look at the, the fact that most people, close to a billion people are anxious and depressed. Uh, two and a half billion people are obese. More information is not leading to liberation because the forces of power, profit, and control are giving you pieces of information. This is what fucker Carlson does. They lead you to complacency and desperation. You get divided left and right. And the people doing this are not just the obvious establishment, but the Tulsi warmonger Gabbard, right? Booby fucking Kennedy, fucker Carlson, Joe fucking, you know, midget Rogan, right? All these sod buru, okay? Donald fucking Trump, right? All these, frankly, these are the real criminals and there's more of them. So the only way out of it is you. My goal is to be a catalyst to teach you the science of systems so you get wisdom and with wisdom, you become active, organized, you, you, you join the community and you want to change the world. That's what this is about. So we've created the not only the university, sort of the Jedi training camp for you to do that. So get involved, everyone. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior scholar, come to our open houses that we do. You'll meet a lot of amazing people from all over the world. You won't feel lonely at 11 a.m. or 8 p.m. Um, and as I, um, uh, before I go to our last video, I want to really share with you our anthem video, which will really excite you why you should become at minimum a truth, freedom, health warrior and get involved in the movement, um, uh, for Dr. Shiva for president. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. 
And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing Bernie Sanders, oh he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation, it's us. We're building a bottoms up movement and that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast and within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com.
All right, everyone, that was good. If anyone has any final questions, um, you can put it right in the chat and we'll take a couple of questions if there are any questions. But we have a lot of um, uh, very nice comments that I'll post that people are excited about, okay? Um, so uh, Napoleon, uh, Napoleoni Kotobalavu says, uh, when would I come to UK? Well, we have a whole UK team there. So if you come to our open house, you can work with them to organize it, Napoleon. But I, I'd, I'd love to come to UK. Um, uh, Michelle says, I'm proud to support Shiva for president. Um, uh, Eric says, I'm convinced uh, my, my, my doctor to check out Dr. Shiva. This made my day. Great. Um, what else? Someone said, I look for, Eric said, I look forward to reading Systems and Revolution. By the way, System and Revolution, you can get on the website. It's a wonderful book. Um, it's a book that I have to promote. I'd be remiss if I weren't trying to promote the book because it's basically the book that'll teach you the foundational science of systems um, theory that you can use. Um, so take advantage of it. So I'm just going to put the link here and go to the systemandrevolution.com. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of great comments here, but thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to be doing a uh, video probably this weekend on, um, you know, we apply system science and molecular system stuff um, to actually um, not only for human health, but we also apply it to uh, pet health. I have, I've always had dogs uh, and all kinds of animals. So I really love um, these other creatures also. So we've applied system science to really understand what's right for our pets. So keep an eye out on that, the same kind of health videos we've been doing. All right, everyone, I hope this is valuable. Uh, wherever you are, uh, be the light. Um, have a good weekend. We need to build a bottoms up movement. Go to shivaforpresident.com and volunteer.